With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. All right. Hello, everybody, and welcome to an emergency podcast for the Crispy Sports Corner. I'm your host, Chris Platty, and bringing alongside me this time is RJ and Ben, my good friends. Guys, how you doing? I'm fantastic. All right, doing good, doing good. Now, look, we are recording this about 20 minutes after the conclusion of the of Game Five between Golden State Warriors and the Oklahoma City Thunder. The Golden State Warriors won it 120 to 111 in a thrilling game. Uh, Curry played great, guys. Give me your overall takeaway. Either one of you, jump in first and give me your takeaways from the game. I'll go first. Um, I don't know. I, I pretty much just think this game was expected coming back home. I don't think there was really any way the Warriors were going to come and lose three in a row and then especially one in Golden State. So it was pretty much expected. Game six is going to be the game really to look forward to. Yeah, we were talking about that before we got on air, that game six is really going to be the deciding game. Um, we we all kind of have our thoughts on whether how far the series can go. We'll get to that later. But, Ben, give me something. It can be like a matchup. It could be anything you've seen that you kind of took away from this game. Maybe some adjustment that OKC made or that Golden State made. Um, I really felt like Andrew Bogut finally came to play. I agree. First that's huge. Series, I think that's what really brought them back. And if he can keep that going around the series, then they're definitely a team that can definitely win the championships, that's for sure. No, I agree. Uh, Bogut was a big thing. I was talking about this before the podcast um, with you guys and with other people, even before the game, that Bogut has been a no-show this whole series. In fact, before RJ got here, when we were watching the game, Ben, I was talking about how bad Bogut's looked those last couple games and how he looked like a stiff out there. Like, like he just looked like a seven-foot stiff and just wasn't moving, wasn't getting rebounds. And that was a big thing to me is I got to look up the stats. I have the stats in front of me. Um, Okay, OKC and Golden State tied in the rebounding category, which is huge. I know it doesn't sound like a lot, but OKC throughout this entire series, especially the games that they've been winning, have worked the the Warriors on the glass, and they have just gotten rebound after rebound. And the way they're able to do that is – through Westbrook being a, one of the greatest rebounding guards maybe we've ever seen. And Andre Robertson, he's he's not hitting the three consistently, but even when he's not hitting the three, you can still leave him out there because of his defense and his ability to crash the glass. And Bogut just wasn't agile enough to get the rebounds. But today he did well. He rebounded the ball well. He did some, he did some, some major things, actually, um, in terms of offensively. He orchestrated the offense very well. 
My big takeaway, guys, though, was Draymond Green finally showed up. These last two games, he's been kind of a no-show, but today he really showed up. Um, mm-hmm. Let me pull up his stat line. So he had... And even looking at these stats, um, the Thunder's bench did not come here to play. Deion Waiters played 27 minutes, and he scored zero points. Their whole bench together scored 13 points, while the Warriors bench came with 30 points. That's and that's they only a, lost by nine points, which is saying a lot. But yeah. at the same time, like he said, Game Six is definitely be the deciding factor. I mean, the bench has to step up and play, and they can really do that. Then they can win games. I agree. I still well, believe the Warriors are going to be the team that are going to actually come through and win the whole thing. But all right, well let let's save that for the end. Let's get into right. that at the end. Let's just kind of talk about the game a little bit more, guys. Uh, Draymond Green was like I said, he was playing. He was playing great tonight. He had 13 rebounds, he had 4 blocks, 4 assists, a steal, and he matched it all with only 11 points, but he shot 4 of 10 from the field. So, guys, he he played very well. He got a lot of timely blocks, and Mm -hmm. also um, he was just very efficient. The one thing that worries me, though, is that he has not, throughout this entire playoffs, he has not found his 3-point rhythm yet. Uh, RJ, do you have anything you want to add to... Um, what the Warriors did differently? What you think they, what you think they did differently in this game? Um, this game, pretty much like you said, it was the rebounds. They've been getting dominated on the glass, and I mean that, that obviously comes from the Thunder being absolutely humongous, and then the Warriors playing small ball. But when Bogut comes out and gets fourteen, and then Draymond gets thirteen, like that, that that helps more than you would think than it does against this Oklahoma City team. So that's something that I think really helped them out. Um, yeah, I mean, the bench and the rebounds pretty much stand out the most for me about this game. Yeah, let's hit on the bench. Ben was the first to bring it up. Uh, let's talk about the bench. So you said the Warriors outscored the Thunder bench. What was it? It uh, was... 30. I want to say 13-30. to 13-30. to 30. Yeah. So that's a huge advantage there. Uh, Deion Waiters. I don't. I was never a big fan of Deion Waiters, I'll be honest with you. Yeah. He got drafted. He, been, he was just a bust his entire career. And 20, played 27 points, scored zero points. Played 27 minutes, zero 27 points? 27 minutes, I'm yeah. sorry. Scored zero points, didn't do anything. He had one turnover. He had four assists and four rebounds, but that really doesn't help them out that much. I mean, 0 for 4 from the line, 1, 0 for 1 from the three-point line, nothing really jumps out at me other than the 27 minutes that he got, and he couldn't produce at all. If he just produced a little bit, I think the game could have went a different way. I mean, No, I agree, because he's kind of been the X factor for them in both really the Spurs has. series, too. He, he played well, he moved the ball, and when he was moving the ball and not just uh, being a ball stopper and shooting, I think that... Uh, the Thunder played much better, but let's talk about the Warriors bench for a minute. Most Bates, oh my God! Yes, guys, let's talk about Most Bates. He had 14 points, so four of seven from the field. He hit his only three-point attempt, five of five from the free throw line. I believe uh, this doesn't show up on the box score, but I'm almost positive he had two and ones in the game. I mean, he was just and he only played nine minutes. The whole he was game. just a problem for the Thunder and. That's something that they're gonna they're they're gonna have to continue with these next two games because they can't just leave it all up to that that starting five. The bench for the Warriors need to continue to play big if they want to have any shot because right now the guys that have been coming off the bench for the Thunder have been stepping up more, I think, than 
the Warriors bench has. So and that's really unusual. Usually, it's the other way yeah. around. Usually yeah, you see the Warriors bench come. Yeah, this Warriors play. bench has been struggling all series. Um, everyone, it, it Spates even had had a few moments in Game Four there too. Uh, but outside of him, they, they haven't really gotten. Festus Azili struggled. Everyone, everyone on the bench has really struggled. Shaw Livingston. But uh, before we before we move on, I wanted to talk quickly about the Splash Brothers because they played pretty well tonight too. Curry had thirty one points. Clay Thompson had twenty seven. Uh, Curry shot nine of twenty from the field, while Clay Thompson shot eight of twenty one. Uh, not great numbers, but. Both uh, Clay Thompson was nine of ten from the free throw line, and Curry was ten of ten. So between the two of them, they were nineteen for twenty from the free throw line. Uh, they they rebounded the ball well. Curry made some good passes, and guys, how Curry seems to be moving fine. How much uh, how much stock are you buying into the fact that Curry's still playing hurt, or do you think he's actually? He's I, healthy and he's I, fine. I think he's healthy. I think it was just when it happened, maybe he tweaked it. But, I mean, you can't really use that as an excuse mm-hmm. because the game after he came back off that injury, he scored 40. So, I mean, I'm yeah. pretty sure it's still <laughs> not affecting him. 17 in, the, in overtime. Yeah. Yeah, you can't use that as an excuse. After. If anything, he might have tweaked it a little bit in the game here and there, but I don't think that was the reason why he my thing is just didn't perform just because of I think it's rust night. yeah, yeah I think it's I think it's a combination night. of just off night and rust uh, yeah. rust yeah, has been kind of cold. a problem for him but yeah to his credit though he's not the one that's saying he's injured it's the no. media's reporting it and it's sources both him and coach Kerr have denied it but uh guys let's move on to the thunder and we'll talk about We'll talk about Kevin Durant specifically went off. He had 40 points in this game. I think and that was a quiet 40. I, didn't I, 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 I think so, too. Was, I was about to say that, yeah. I didn't even see him. I was just about to say, I didn't even see him. Didn't feel like he didn't drop 40 that game. Yeah, he, like he didn't do anything. I feel like Russell Westbrook did a lot more than uh, Durant did. But Yeah, he shot around He shot around um, 30% from the field. He shot uh, about 35%, 12 of 31 from the field. Uh, three of eleven from downtown, but thirteen of thirteen from the free throw line. That was huge. Which means he's just playing aggressive, which is how he always has to play. I mean, yeah. And that, some nights, you know, like like Curry wasn't hitting in in a mm-hmm. few games, and now this was the game when Durant. It sounds crazy to say he wasn't hitting after dropping forty, but thirteen of his points came from the free throw line, and he shot twelve of thirty one. So it's not like he really dominated the game in terms of that. In terms of efficiently scoring, and Westbrook had, I thought, also a quiet thirty-one for him too. Yeah. I really don't remember him scoring much over over twenty. Mm-mm. Like it didn't seem like if you had to ask me before we jumped on the podcast how much you thought but he then scored. Most of those points also yeah. came from free throws too. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so the stars got to the line a lot. Looking back, because Clay and Curry shot nineteen of twenty, and Durant shot thirteen free throws, and Westbrook shot nine. So both the stars getting uh, both the stars of both teams getting to the line a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, I just thought, like we said, that the role players were really the difference. The role players and specifically the bench guys stepped up, and guys stepped up for the Warriors. And look, guys didn't step up for the Thunder. Like you said, Deion Waiters, the biggest no show, twenty six minutes, zero points, zero of four. Uh, Randy Foy, you can't really expect much out of him. Cantor only had one point. 
uh, didn't do much at all. Didn't even rebound the ball well. Only had two two rebounds. Only played six minutes. So it seems like OKC is starting to go small, which I don't know if that's the best bet because yeah, I when don't think that'd be a great idea. Because yeah, because when they went big, they were they were doing well. Boards. They were dominating the glass. So I don't know, guys. Do you think what do you think OKC should do differently in Game Six? I think Serge Ibaka needs to come and show up and play next game. I think. He only had eight rebounds the whole game compared to Draymond Green's 13. A guy like that, he's what, about six, say about 6'10", 6'11". Yeah, he's about 6'10", I believe. Usually he's a lot more aggressive on the boards than tonight, and he just played kind of soft to me. He needs to be more of a Mm -hmm. down-low presence. I mean, you got to understand he's playing small ball ball against big ball. Yeah. (laughs) And on paper, that seems like big ball would always usually win, but... uh, Nights like this, I mean, looking at 40 minutes, only had eight rebounds, and this is how many threes did he shoot? Because it seemed like he was he He was hanging on the three three for five from the three point line. Okay, so So he shot he shot well, but he hanged out a lot there. He should play in the paint. You're a big man. You need to go down there and Mm -hmm. rebound the ball. Honestly, I don't think. I mean, I think the Thunder don't really need to really change much up. They've been playing fantastic all series, and. I mean, obviously, you come in to, to go, like, the Oracle Arena, you're not really going to win that many there. But, I mean, mm-hmm. you got 40 from Durant, 31. Like, you can't really ask for much more except out except of maybe waiters. Yeah, but, I mean, honestly, they don't really need to change much up. They just need to stay aggressive and keep the intensity and keep the scoring up going into game six mm-hmm. if they want to have a chance of saving or keeping that lead over the Warriors. Yeah, I mean, I think it's fair to point out that even if Durant had an uh, had an average shooting night, that this might have been it was only a nine point game. If Durant yeah. had an average shooting night, then who knows? Maybe this this is a OKC win. I'll tell you what, though, if the Warriors want to keep their hopes alive, they cannot allow Durant and Westbrook mm-hmm. to go for thirty and forty. Yeah, especially in Oklahoma City because that. It's a recipe for disaster. They got lucky tonight, but I don't know how lucky they'll be in OKC. I know, and it's yeah. crazy to think that we're calling a team seventy-three and nine lucky. Like, <laughs> for real, it's it's crazy how the tides have turned. Um, I predicted no, that nobody would ever predict that. They'd be I down predicted Warriors in five. Yeah. All right, guys, be bold and be honest now. What did you guys predict before the series started? I say about five, six games tops. Five, six games, Warriors. Warriors. Yeah, Yeah, I had it five, Warriors, possibly six, but right now it's looking in the Western Conference. (laughs) Yeah, I I did too. I was surprised that OKC won that game. Yeah. I'll I'll be honest. I had Spurs in five over the Thunder, so (laughs) I look real bad right now. But, anyways, congratulations to Thunder. They They have a chance now to close it out game six at home. We talked about kind of what the, what the Thunder have to do differently. You spoke of I spoke of more efficient shooting from Durant. You said overall in general, just the role players and bench need to step up. Um, one guy who is also kind of MIA is uh, well, Cantor. I alluded to earlier. Morrow actually gave them a nice presence off the bench. I thought he was the one lone spot. He mm-hmm. kind of came in out of nowhere. I believe it was he. He just pulled Deion. Coach Donovan pulled Deion Waiters because he was struggling, and and Morrow went. Look, he he went four for four from the field, two of two from the three point line with ten points in only seven minutes. Played pretty well. Yeah, 
Uh, guys, what do you think that the Warriors need to do now to keep the momentum going? Do you think it's do you think the importance is Curry and Thompson, or do you think it's more so focusing on the supporting cast? I think it's Curry and Thompson right now so? at this point. They they need to be the players that they've been all year. I mean, obviously they haven't been during the series, and that's why they've drastically gone down. Honestly, it, I think it's up to Curry and Thompson to lead this team all the way through because, I mean, you can't you can't be down three what two now and then expect your bench to come and win it for you. It's got it's got to be from your star players, Curry Thompson. They got to keep it up. Mm-hmm. They got to go to Oklahoma City and keep up the high play because when they're playing good, everybody else is playing good. So if they're playing good, then the bench will be right there with them, and I think that's a recipe for a win for the, for the Warriors. Yeah, and I want to say that with when Curry and Thompson get it going, we, we pointed this out in the when we were watching the game, is we all talked about how these cuts were really yeah. killing the Thunder, and that's because the cuts were so successful because they were Curry and Curry and Clay were Clay wasn't hitting too well from three. He only shot two of nine from three, and Curry only three of eight. But the presence was there. Yeah. They were hitting the timely threes, yeah. and the rhythm was there. So the fear, OKC feared Clay and Curry going off from the three point line. And Clay had man, I can't even count how many beautiful cuts yeah. he had to the basket <laughs> where he got where he got a layup or a nice floater or yeah. just a nice little mid range. Those cuts were messing the thunder up. Yeah, that's something making, they gotta was, fix. That, that was part of the reason why they got to the line so much because mm-hmm. they get caught off guard with the cut and then they catch the ball in the paint, go up and had to get the foul, late foul. Yeah. Know? So I mean, that's what really got them to the line, and I think that's what they need to continue to do if they want to keep winning. Is yeah. get to the line, knock down the shots they're opposed to hitting, like they're used to hitting. And I thought there was more. And this sounds so basic, but I thought there was more energy in their in their cuts and in their just their offense in general. I felt that, like yeah, there was more mo- they motion. Were playing, they had no other choice. I mean, it was win or go home today. Right. So this was something nice to see. I feel like as well as they played tonight, I feel like I see them play a lot better. Oh, I on agree. On certain nights, and I feel like this is a game that just kind of gets them back in the groove. I think game six is the game that we're really going to see them at their full force because that's the game that they need to win. I feel like... We talked about this earlier, but I really feel like this is the game that's going to make it or break it. If they yeah. win this game, they're going to win game seven. Knowing the Thunder, Thunder's just a type of team that they just break down at the end. Like, they're not, they don't close out well. Mm-hmm. They just get frustrated really easy. And with Kevin Durant, and I feel like with Russell Westbrook, when you have two superstars like that, sometimes maybe points and... All that um, stuff, yeah. And all that stuff that comes with it just kind of inflicts with team chemistry a little mm-hmm. bit, I feel like. And if they get to game six, game seven, is if any team can do it, it's the Warriors, and they're the ones that can. All right, let's, let's get into that because, Ben, all right, you already stated you feel that, well, well I'll get back to you on, on your prediction, uh, on your official prediction, but you kind of gave your ideas already in terms mm-hmm. of that. Guys, game six is obviously it's must win for the Warriors. They can't lose they can't lose game six and still win the series. It's over for them. So they do have to win it. But I gotta I gotta ask, how much of a shot do you guys give them to actually win game six? Because OKC has been destroying them. In- I'll tell you what. Cause every time they've gone to Oklahoma City, it's been at the end of the first half where they've just absolutely 
blown it for themselves and mm. end up getting blown out by 40. If they can if they can keep up the play from the beginning of the the game to that first half, the Warriors always come out second half strong and they always have and they always will. So if they can as long as they keep it close in Oklahoma City, I see no problem with them coming out with the uh, W. No, that's a good point because I'd have to look up the stats for the other other games, but I know game four specifically that the Warriors actually outscored the Thunder in the second half. So they have, at least for, to my knowledge, in three of the four in three of the five games, gotten the better of OKC in the second half. Yeah. So I, I agree. The second half is huge, or the first half is huge and very telling. Now whether whether OKC will pull out. I, I do expect that the bench is going to be a lot better because there's the theory, and I'm sure you guys have heard this thousands of times, not only playing, not only watching basketball, but as you guys have played basketball, that role players tend to play better at home. Yeah. They feel safer in the environment yeah. and the energy of the crowd and all of that. So I do expect I do expect the bench to play better for OKC, but I wonder if the Warriors bench can keep up the good performance because now they'll be the team on the road versus the team at home. And so I think, I th- I think Warriors, that's the key. The Warriors bench is filled with veterans. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I don't I don't know yeah. if that will phase them too much because they're used to it. They've won numerous amounts of games on the road this year. Right. Hence the 73 wins. So, I mean, yeah. it shouldn't be too hard to match. It's, all up a que- it's really a question of if – the Thunder bench can perform how they should and they're supposed to in the in the next game, honestly, because they're pretty young. Um, Morrow and Waiters and Foy are pretty much their scoring threats off the bench, and I mean, two of those three aren't haven't yeah, really been relevant. Exactly. So, so I mean, it's up to Waiters. I mean, Waiters is going to be huge yeah, in this game. He's, he's going to have to have to come up huge, and you just I mean. Durant and Westbrook, Westbrook are going to score their points. You know that they're the scoring option. The best way to do it is to control it, though. You have to control it because they they're they're capable of going off and just not stopping. Like yeah. so, they need to control it. And I mean, like I said, if they can if they can keep it close at the end of the first half, going into the second half, there's not. I don't think there's one team that can go back and forth with the Warriors. So as long as the Warriors can keep it close. I think they can score as many points as they need to get the W. I I agree. Um, the bench is going to be huge. The rebounding, which we talked about, is yeah. also going to be huge. They got to step up. Yeah. Uh, Bogut's got to play. That's another thing that concerns me. If you're the Warriors, is Bogut's durability. And look, I know he's been quote injury prone for like eight years now, <laughs> and you know he's he's like a his body's like a like a porcelain doll, like it's ready to crack at any moment, but. That that's the thing that scares me is he had a good performance like we said in, in this game. You wonder how many times he could play back to back good performances, and I think either him or Zeli have to be on fire. Yeah, one of those like two. How we were talking earlier, we were saying Bogut was the reason they won the championship last yeah. year. Like he's a big, more of a factor than people think. Like mm-hmm. when he's doing good, you know the team. The team is doing good. And right. Fourteen to fifteen is fantastic numbers for Bogut. So I mean. Bogan needs to keep grabbing rebounds. He needs to keep blocking shots, and he needs to keep getting these good looks for yeah, uh, Curry those, and Thompson. Those alley oops and yep. those little floaters, offensive rebound tap ins. I yep. mean, that's how he gets all of his points, uh, guys. So, give me your official predictions now for Game Six, Ben. I'll start with you. 
What happens? Warriors win, or do the Thunder wrap it up at home and secure a trip to the finals? I see the Warriors winning it in Game 6. Wow. Only because... We were talking about this a couple of days ago when we when they uh, went down three to one. If there's any team that can do it, it's the Warriors. I don't see any other team that'd be able to come back from a deficit like that and win. Game six is a deciding factor, just because once if they do win Game six, that's a that's gonna be more of a moral victory than anything. But it's a moral defeat for the Thunder if they can't come back. If they can win Game seven. On paper, they can't win Game Seven, but I just don't see them doing it. I just yeah, they're see. a young team. I feel like they're just gonna crumble after that, and then whatever happens in the off season happens in the off season. But I don't really see them winning. <laughs> yeah, I mean, look, you you make a fair point. Like the Thunder have crumbled before, uh, like they did in the finals. That was many years ago. But again, they, they were young back then, and they, that may, and, and, and they are yeah. They're not now, but how much more experience do they really have? Because every year, the last three years, since they made it to the finals, the last three, four years, somebody's been injured. One year it was Westbrook, another year it was Durant, then another year it was Westbrook, then another year it was Durant, and they missed the playoffs. All I'm saying, this is if this they're going to do it, if they're going to win a championship, this is their year. This is their year. If they can't do it this year, if they can't close out game six against the Warriors, well then... Something needs to happen in the off season because you can't keep going to Western Conference Finals and losing, going to the finals, getting swept. It just mm-hmm. you don't have, time's not on your side. Granted, they're not old, but sooner or later you catch yourself doing the same exact thing every year, and Kevin Durant's gonna be like 32, and then they're, 33. They're and this then generation, Stockton and Malone. Yeah, and then you that's know? it. Like you, yeah. you good team, make never get it done. Happen now or never, either change your location, do something. Because <laughs> they, I'm telling you, they came close a lot of times. Every year they're the one team that always seems to come up short. And if they can't do it this year, well, I don't know. Just if I was them, I just be like, you know what? You'd do some serious thinking. Yeah, like I, I'd have to make a change, something, because you can't keep doing the same thing over and over again. I mean. I agree. I am going Warriors in six or Warriors in seven. I believe Warriors are going to win Game Six, and I'm going down with the ship. I just seventy three and nine. Like, dude, I'm not going to bet against that. I don't care what the odds are. Like, I'm not going to bet against a team that was seventy three and nine and was looking amazing all throughout the year, and all of a sudden now they face a little adversity and people are people are questioning them. I'm not going to jump off the ship yet. I've been wrong so many times this playoffs that, you know what? <laughs> What's one more time gonna be? If if I let's put it this way, if I'm the only one that believes in the Warriors or one of the only people, and I'm right, then that corrects all my previous mistakes. <laughs> so I'm going down with the ship, Warriors in seven for the same reasons Ben said. I think Game Six is a close one. I think it's the most important. They're gonna duke it out, and OKC's gonna, or sorry, Golden State's gonna find a way to win. And then Game 7 is going to be Game 7 in Oracle, and that's Advantage Warriors. RJ, what's your thoughts on this? Man, it's hard It's hard to say that the Thunder are going to lose Game 6 at home just because of how they've been playing at home. They've been blowing the Warriors out the water, but me being the Warriors fan I am, <laughs> I can never let myself say that the the Warriors will lose because... 73-9, they, they always find a way. Steph Curry is Steph Curry, and he'll find a way. And I'll tell you one thing. Like you said, if they go to Game 7, there's no way. And I'll be willing to bet anybody 
any amount of money that they lose in Game 7 because that's just something that doesn't happen. The Warriors losing in Oracle. It just don't happen. <laughs> yeah, it's But if they happen. lose, like, one or two games there this year. Yeah, I, I think it was it was two in the regular season, and they lost, I think, I believe, two in the playoffs. Yeah. I think yeah. one one to Portland. None were Game 7s, so. Yeah. yeah, exactly. None were Game 7s in Oracle, yeah. exactly. All right, guys, so the panel agrees that Golden State Warriors are still alive, and they're going to not only win Game 6, but win the series. Mm-hmm. Guys, it was a pleasure having you on, both first-time guests of Crispy Sports Corner. RJ, I know you got some stuff you want to plug oh, before yes. we get out of here. Yes, so I do. Go ahead and take the mic over. I, I do. I want to tell everybody to be on the lookout for me and my boy Quentin's clothing brand coming out, hopefully by the fall. It's called Anti. Look out for it. It'll be nice. Also, go check out some of my boy's music. Um, Demirs, go check out his song Drea. Uh, my boy Colin, check out his song uh, Pull Off. And my boy Josh Munn, his new song Eighth. Go check those out. Local artists, go support. Yes. So just be on the lookout for Go all support that. your local artists. And Josh Munn is my boy. Shout out to Josh <laughs> Munn. Shout out to Josh, Josh, Josh Munn. He's my boy. I got to have him on. We've been talking about having him on the podcast for a long time. Uh, it hasn't worked out yet, but it's definitely going to one day. We're going to make it happen, whether it's on a basketball or a hip-hop podcast. And for the meantime, you can find me on Twitter at Crispy1132, and that's where you will find a link in my biography to all my podcasts. I do not only NBA podcasts, which are called Crispy Sports Corner, but a series yet to be named, so I'm taking suggestions for a hip-hop music podcast series. Got a lot of fun stuff on there. My latest upload was a chance um, chance review of the mixtape coloring book. It was very good with David Papke and Will Wade, some friends of the show. And I look to continue to crank out more material for both. Until then, RJ, what's your Twitter handle so you can uh, so you can give it away and uh, show out you. all those things you got, I got planned? You. Follow your boy. I think it's just regular. I think it's just my name. It's RJ underscore Van. R-J-V-A-N-N. Go follow your boy. Go follow your boy. And through Check there, out some of that stuff. That yes, you will about. find you will find links to Demiris's SoundCloud, to Collins and Josh Munns, and also your clothing lines. Stay on the lookout for that. Until next time, RJ, Ben, you guys take care.